It's Wednesday, June 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Supernova, Matt Argusinger. Thanks for being here, man. Sure. Happy to be here. So, let me start with a tweet from CNBC's Kayla Tausche, uh, who wrote, It is the afternoon of well-telegraphed news. And it really is the afternoon of well-telegraphed news. <laughs> uh, fitting that we are taping later than normal. Normally, we get in the studio around 11.30 or 12. We're taping this sometime after 3 o'clock. But that's good, because we can talk about the well-telegraphed news. And I'm referring specifically to the Fed and the event that Amazon.com have. We're also going to get into FedEx's earnings and talk a little Tesla Motors. But let's start with the Fed. Well, we knew this was coming, right? Another $10 billion taper. Janet Yellen right. seems to have gotten much better on the job. I don't. I should. You know. I shouldn't even say much better. She had that first press conference where I think no one really thought she did particularly well. She appears very adept at dealing with Q and As now, uh, and the market responding up a little bit in the wake of the news. Uh, right. This. I mean, the Fed is nowadays. Full of no surprises. I mean, this is just, they're on the course. Isn't that what we want, though? I mean, it is, it is what we want. Sometimes, you know, there was a, if you go back, and not that I've been in the stock market for decades, but, you know, if you go back even to the 90s, there was a, there was a little bit of out of left field aspect to the Fed. You know, the Fed had sort of this power over the market that, you know, you really weren't ever sure what, you know, what the, what Alan Greenspan and team were going to do. I mean, I remember CNBC had these great uh, video shots where they'd always look at, Alan Greenspan coming into the Fed and based on the size of his briefcase yes. told you whether or not something was going to happen. Um, and they always try to make these these kind of funny predictions. But um, I guess in a way I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that it's so boring because we're on this steady track. Yes, it, it calms the market. But in a way, I, I don't think that that's what the Fed should be in a lot of ways. I think the Fed should be out there as an independent body able to you know make powerful decisions about the economy without sort of having to oh I, I worry about what Wall Street's going to think of all these investors oh we can't scare the stock market because that would be bad to me it's become a little bit of a of a I don't know uh, appealing to the critics a little too much from the Fed I think institutionally Janet Yellen has it tougher than Alan Greenspan did because there was no Twitter uh, oh sure and sure. that's a great point there's a lot more uh, just everything's faster now in terms of media reaction, in terms of trading, all that sort of thing. So she's hampered a little bit. Uh, also, the press conferences, to me, in, in some ways, that's the biggest surprise of the last 10 years out of the Fed, was that Ben Bernanke said, yeah, we're going to start doing press conferences. Right. And I, I I was sort of in the direction of what you were just talking about, where I, even though I'm generally a fan of greater transparency, more information, that sort of thing. I looked at that at the time and thought, I don't know that I want that. I, I, I don't know that that's necessary. I, I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's additive. And I don't think it's solving any kind of problem that we have right now. Well, and it, it, it puts the Fed, it, it makes the Fed a media entity, which I just don't know if that's, if that's the role. I agree. Let's move on to the other event this afternoon, Amazon. Jeff Bezos, who really – talk about people who are getting adept at skill sets. He really seems to have gotten the the Steve Jobs-esque. He had the mojo going this on, afternoon. I was looking at the pictures. I mean, were, the news yeah. was kind of flying in, but you're right. He, he had that, that look about him. You know? he, he has the look, and he, is the, he has the command of the stage and unveiled the new smartphone, the Fire – uh, selling for one hundred ninety nine dollars, 
and AT&T is going to be the exclusive carrier. So, you know, nice little nice little win for AT&T sure. while they're waiting for Uncle Sam to make a ruling on the DirecTV. <laughs> right. Uh, um, obviously, we haven't been able to test drive these things, but just reading some of the live blogging and the descriptions, I think just if for no other reason than curiosity alone, I think they're going to sell some of these. Sure, sure. I mean, this is not – I mean, to me – this is not just like the Kindle. Amazon and Jeff Bezos—they're not saying, "Oh, we're going to sell millions of these phones and we're going to make billions in profit." No, that's that's not it at all. They they wanted an easy, effective platform for people to do more on the Amazon platform, whether it's buying uh, stuff you know from the retail site or it is you know downloading content, streaming music, um, and you know there's a lot of aspects to this. I think the Firefly technology, which is kind of the the big thing out there, where you can essentially take a picture of anything, or at least millions of things, and instantly get information and potentially a price and whether or not you can buy right. that object on Amazon. So here, I, my initial reaction is, gosh, if you're a retailer out there and people are coming in your store with these phones, it's kind of, kind of scary, scary a little bit. Because if people are really, I mean, this is sort of the, um, the showcase thing that we've talked about in the past where all these retailers now just become a showcase for Amazon. If people are, can instantly get information, reviews, pricing, and make a pro- even buy the product with a click of a few buttons on Amazon. That's 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 pretty powerful. But again, it's all feeding. It all feeds back to the Amazon ecosystem. How can we get more people to be on the site, downloading, buying? Um, how can we get make Prime stickier by offering more services and getting it easier for people to access their services through Prime? It's it, that's that's the business model right now. They just unveiled Amazon Music for Prime Music, I should say. Right. So the. Smartphone is now one more way you can stream that music. It really does put pressures on retailers in a couple of ways. One is just the we could potentially lose sales. The other is, of course, Amazon saying, hey, why don't you open your own store within the Amazon.com universe, that's right, that's right. the ecosystem, and you're not going to lose the sale. You probably won't make the profit margin you were going to make if someone were <laughs> buying it from your store, but at least you're not going to lose the sale. Right. Something Amazon has done really well, just attracting you know thousands now of third-party uh, sellers on its platform. Exactly what it wants. Do you expect them to... They don't break out Kindle sales and Kindle Fire sales, they do they? They still do not, and you're right, and I wouldn't... So, we're no, yeah, we're not going to get sales on this. No, I, I, I doubt we will. And yet... AT&T might give us some insight into this. If people are buying them through AT&T stores... Possibly. I mean... I don't remember what AT&T actually did early on with the iPhone in that regard. I mean, I think Apple was came out with was pretty transparent right from the get-go, so I don't know if that was an issue. But I, I wonder if that... Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. Well, both these news stories, if you're just looking at the snapshot of the market's reaction, it was positive in both cases. And in the case of Amazon, shares up about 2.5% since the event began at, I think it was 2 p.m. Right. Eastern I was time. I was surprised at that. I just thought this would be one of those, you know, buy on the rumor, sell on the news things. But in a way, it's it's Amazon's stock has been, you know, not that we're paying attention this close, but it's been flat over the last few days leading up to this announcement. And now, the, you know, the phone's out. Obviously, it's, it's getting a little bit of a positive, you know, critical uh, take from the market. FedEx, their third quarter earnings report, like a lot of companies, was a result of the severe winter weather. Their third quarter earnings reflected that. Their fourth quarter earnings, which came out today, showed that FedEx bounced back quite nicely. Profits doubled year over year. And I don't know about you, but when I think of FedEx, the first picture that comes into my mind is a FedEx plane. And maybe that's because that's what gets featured in their television commercials and that sort of thing. But when you look at their business, 
they have their different divisions, the ground division, the freight division. And by the way, those two really, mm-hmm. really getting it done in this latest quarter. Um, it's not getting an all-time high. This is, I mean, yeah, two, was, there, was there anything negative in this No, quarter? I mean, well, two things. I mean, two things to me. I mean, you know, this is, you know, we talk about it all the time. FedEx is a great economic bellwether. And this is kind of like what the Fed's been saying. Hey, you know, we knew, if you look at first quarter GDP, negative. Bad, harsh winter weather. Lots of bad things going on. But as the Fed has said, and now as FedEx is saying in its earnings, hey, things are actually pretty good. The economy picked up. We had a great quarter. Deliveries are, you know, deliveries are strong. I think, and the second thing, um, was just you know, like you mentioned the ground and freight. I mean, this is this is the this is where e-commerce is happening for FedEx. And I thought the interesting thing from the call, or I'm sorry, from the, the release that I read was, you know, that FedEx is now looking to charge more for lighter but bulkier packages. Yes. So in other words, the things a lot of people are buying on Amazon or eBay and online are tend often can be big, light but big and bulky. And you know, FedEx is worrying about that, you know, filling up their uh, their trucks and such. So. Not no longer just charging by weight, but hey, we're going to start charging on on size, which is which is interesting. But again, it speaks to this this e commerce economy of ours now, um, and FedEx is is has a major role in that. No, it's definitely a great long term trend that I think investors should be looking to take advantage of. But the pricing that you mentioned that interests me because it was just over a year ago, I think, that Buffalo Wild Wings came out and announced that they were changing their pricing structure on the chicken wings because right. they were buying them by the pound and they were selling them by the quantity. And I remember we were talking in this very room about how this pricing switch where now they're going to buy them by the pound and they're going to sell them by the pound or or by weight. I remember saying to Jason Moser, this makes perfect sense to me. I totally get why they are doing this. If they don't communicate this perfectly, <laughs> right, right. they are going to shoot themselves in the foot. And they did, and it's a testament to Sally Smith and her team that they were able to pull this off successfully. I feel like this is kind of the same thing, a little bit, with FedEx, where I totally get why they're doing it. If you've got a truck with a finite amount of space, it doesn't matter how much something weighs. It matters how big the box is. Right. So I totally get why they're doing it. But if they are not as deft with this pricing strategy switch as Buffalo Wild Wings was, then they could be losing some business to UPS. Sure. And, and again, it's a different set of players. You're not necessarily dealing with customers. I mean, customers might ultimately pay more shipping. But if you're dealing with you know, companies like Walmart or Amazon or other you know, companies that ship a lot of uh, products um, over your uh, delivery network, and you're telling them, hey, we're going to charge you more for these types of items, that's, that changes the dynamic a little bit. Finally, let's talk Tesla Motors because no earnings news to report, but Tesla has been in the news. Elon Musk has given some interviews recently. And this is a company you watch. This is a CEO you watch. I'm curious where you think the company is right now. And we'll get to the stock in a moment. But Mm -hmm. where you think the company is right now, and in particular, what was your reaction to the move that Elon Musk announced where they're basically just giving their patents away. They're just saying, world, here are all of our patents. I would think, I say this as not a shareholder and not someone who's particularly smart when it comes to technology, my gut reaction was, why are you doing that? Right. No, that that my initial reaction was the same. You know, this is this is for for a technology company which which Tesla is, this is this is basically your competitive moat is your patents often. And and the fact that you're gonna just give those away now and to your competitors and just say, Hey, this is our technology, use it as you will. 
well, use it in a, to benefit. Don't use it bad. But the the thing with with the the brilliant part of this, and I think um, uh, Jake Mann, who's a writer for uh, Fool dot com, uh, I, I don't know Jake, but he I thought he wrote a great article. He had kind of three reasons why this was a great move by Elon Musk and Tesla, and I have to agree with him because one of those things is you know this is standard standardization, right? So Tesla's got this for one. Tesla's got this major supercharger network they're trying to trying to build. They're trying to make it you know by the end of two thousand fifteen, I think they want to make sure that ninety five percent of the people in the country in the United States have access to a charger network if they have an electric car. Um, if you open up that technology and encourage other car manufacturers or other car companies to to build these networks using your technology, well, that just makes it better to be a Model S owner. That makes me want to buy the best electric car out there because I, I don't have to worry ever about being able to charge it. That's one. The second thing, which I think is even more powerful, is we know about Tesla's, uh, they want to build this gigafactory. They want to essentially become the world's biggest battery maker by far. Um, if now you release those patents for your, for the electric, um, for your electric cars and all of a sudden all these other car companies who are developing electric cars are using your batteries. Well, Tesla not, not only becomes probably the premier electric car maker, they also become the biggest seller of batteries in the history of the world in about a few years. And that's, gonna, that's worth billions. Um, and so that's another reason, I think, I mean, the, probably the biggest reason why this could, be, this could turn out to be a brilliant move. The other point that Jake makes, which I also like, is that this is also a, a recruiting thing. It's a culture thing. It's, it's hey, you know, Tesla's opening, opening itself up. I can come and be a developer. I can come and, and experiment and try things. And you know what? That makes me respect Tesla's brand. It makes me want to come work for Tesla. It makes me want to develop technologies in the electric car space, which is better for everyone, which is better for the entire country, better for the industry. I like that move. Um, it's a positive for, the, for Tesla's brand. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, initially you're like, what is he doing? This is crazy. If you're a shareholder, th- this could kill profits. But actually, in a lot of ways, it could actually multiply profits by by many factors. How does the stock look to you right now? This is a stock that got down to about $200 a share. The last time I looked, which was a couple of days ago, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 230 Yeah. Is this expensive or ridiculously expensive? Well, it's funny that we're talking about the fact that, you know, it was down to 200 which, Yeah, Yeah, which, yeah you know, exactly. A year ago, you'd probably say, wow, it's over 50 Uh, You know. I at, at twenty. I like to look at. I just like to look at company the size of, of a company's market cap. Tesla at around twenty five billion. It looks. It looks like it's pricing in a lot of future right today. But the yeah. thing with Tesla, you know, is that this could be a massive, massive company, purely on selling a lot of electric cars in the near future. Um, you know, we know the Model X is another one that's going to be coming out next year. The Gen three, which they've talked about a lot, so they could be selling you know hundreds of thousands of cars a decade from now, and that makes it a very powerful, a profitable company, much more than than its market cap is today. But now with all these sort of optionality things, especially with the battery technology and, and the things they're going to be doing there, this is, could be a, a massive company. And so you could still, I, f- I think, from this today's price, you still have it still has multi-pagger potential over a reasonable time period. Last thing on Elon Musk, he made another headline by talking about his other company, SpaceX, one of his other companies, <laughs> and saying that he hopes to see humans travel to Mars within the next 10 to 12 years. Nice. Talked about a self-sustaining city on Mars, all that sort of but, – but within that story, the thing that struck me was he was asked about the prospect of SpaceX being a public company – and he basically said, no, I don't think so. I don't think mm. there's going to be the interest from hedge funds and that sort of thing, and we're going to remain private and that sort of thing. Again, I'm not a shareholder, but I, I looked at that and thought, I bet if you're a Tesla shareholder, you're probably happy about that because 
as we've talked about before, there's greater pressure when you're running a public company than when it's private. And if he's heavily involved in, you know, if he's at the helm of multiple, um, right, you know, public companies in in a hands-on way. I mean, he's what he's chairman of Solar City. Is that it? He's also cha- yep, chairman okay. of Solar City. Chair- okay, but but. I don't get the sense that he's spending a ton of time on Solar City. Certainly not as much time as he's spending on either Tesla or SpaceX. Correct, and I think that's a smart move for on SpaceX for another reason. That 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 is a business. I mean, if you look at Tesla, Tesla's Tesla's moving. I mean, Tesla is now has a clear path to consistent profitability. There's no worries there. Um, SpaceX is one where it is that business is going to be about as lumpy as you can imagine in yeah. terms of you know big contracts coming in. Um, you know. Backlog filling in years where there's not a lot, you know, of, of actual contract activity from NASA or whoever else, and so um, I think that's a smart move. That that makes it a much more difficult proposition as a public company. Any interest in going to Mars in like 15 years? I am totally interested in going to Mars. I don't I don't know if I'd be one of those people that you know that right now. If you told me, well, it's going to take about two years to get there, you'd have to stay there for like five years, and maybe you'll never come back. I'm not too excited about that, yeah. but the idea of just going to Mars and checking it out for you know a reasonable amount of time, yeah. Sign me up. We're just going to overlook the moon? I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm old enough that I remember the television series Space 1999, which was, you know, this was a TV series in the 1970s, so it was set way in the future in 1999, right. where there was a base on, you know, there was a, a moon base. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, gosh, you know, I mean, no disrespect to Mars, but it seems like the moon is literally and figuratively a much shorter putt. <laughs> Particularly if we're talking about building a sustainable city, I, I totally agree. The moon should get a little more love. I'll do that. I'll make that trip because what is okay. that? That's a few days. I, yeah, maybe like a week. So at it's most. Like a week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, you know, sign me up for the. Let me do the moon trial first. Yeah, like, and then yeah, and that's you know, probably a if month. I, if I'm a month out of my life, if I have a great time, I'll, I'll think about signing up for Mars. All right, thanks for being here, man. Oh, thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.